It's time to stop dealing and start demanding. It's time to stop being PC and start being transparent and authentic. It's time to get real. Prepare yourself. It's time for Crazy and the King. Welcome to another episode of Crazy and the King. You're going to hear one voice and only one voice. This actually is the first time that Crazy and the King is going to be released without my trusted pod partner. Julie is out doing big things. And I really thought about whether or not I wanted to try to imitate her voice. Figured that that wouldn't go over too well. And then I said I wanted to to have a conversation with Julie, you know, kind of like ask a question and then be silent. And then had that conversation like, oh, Julie's talking to me, but you all really couldn't hear Julie's voice. But then I said, that sound real stupid. So we decided against that as well. So I said, what we will do is just simply be who we are. Uh, I'm not the craziest, the wildest person in the world. That's that's her thing. I'm just going to play my role. Uh, we're going to make sure that we have an incredible episode as we always do. I have a fantastic guest uh, we're going to do some talking. And, you know, normally we would talk, Julie and I, uh, we'd start the, the 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 episode off and we talk about what it what it was that we did in the, the previous week or what we'd done in this particular week up to this point. We talk about uh, maybe an event that we did. Shout out to the folks at Clear Company. An amazing time last week with them uh, in Boston. I got to tell you, you all are going to be looking forward to uh, a really interesting release from them in Q4. Uh, Had an incredible, incredible time at their conference, but we're not going to do any of that. We'd normally grab some articles. I could talk about the soccer announcer that was fired for using openly uh, racist comments on the air. I could talk about our administration and some of the things that they are doing uh, in the workplace. I could talk about uh, some of the research that recently came out that said that when we talk about diversity and inclusion, it works well for other people, not just for the people being polled. I really thought that that was interesting. But, you know, because I don't have Julie, I just said, forget it. We won't do any of that. What we will do is we'll spend some time talking live. And so what we did, we went out and we got a head ringer. And so I am interested in this conversation for a number of reasons, and I'm going to allow my guests, or actually not allow, but encourage my guests to share some of those reasons why I'm excited that he's going to be on. We got today, uh, Julie, unfortunately, you are not here, uh, but we got Mr. Corey Eustace from uh, Weed Maps. He is the head of talent acquisition over at Weed Maps. So Corey, welcome to Crazy and the King. How are you, good brother? I'm doing good. Um, should I wait for the headbringer to join us? Because I don't think you're talking about me. Oh, no, we're talking. <laughs> we straight up talking about you, man. Oh, yeah, you can wear all of that, you know. And if you need to pop your head up a little bit, it's all good. Just stay with us, man. Just right. put it in your hand and just prop it up. Man, I'll listen, live up. that's it. So, you know, the, the good part, you, well, tell folks about the fact that both of us, you know, we have roots in the, the center of the country. But at this particular point, we're on 
opposite coast. Talk a bit about Corey's roots and and how you even got into the world of recruiting. Uh, and then we'll work our way up to Weed Maps and talk about some of the incredible work you're doing over there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know by by the roots, they're talking about the, the center, aka the best part of the, the mid best, right? You better um, tell them. That's where those are all the good people come from. So I was I was lucky enough to get born on the West Coast. So I got some like some of the California laid backness, yeah. and then moved to the Midwest when I was about nine. Um, in the great state of Iowa, go Hawks! Uh, yeah. Currently ranked number nineteen, maybe seventeen now. But um, man, got the got the Midwest values and the morals of bumping into somebody and saying hello, not excuse me. Um, so. I mean, falling into recruiting came from, I think like it was always kind of meant to be like, I've always loved helping people and I've always loved talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a science-based person uh, in my head and faith in my heart and trying to understand how people work trying to understand how they interact with one another. Um, how what ticks what makes them tick has always been a fascination of mine and so i actually went to college for started as a biochemical engineering major switched over into psychology and then graduated um pretty much because i met the girl of my dreams who's now my wife and wanted to get out of college versus going to get my doctorate which would have been like maybe four years ago i would have finally graduated so don't i don't need that um and kind of fell into recruiting like they found me the first agency i ever worked for and the only agency i've ever worked for for that matter uh found me on monster okay anybody even uses that anymore so actually um, so, so let me ask you were you <laughs> actually uh, yes so so let me ask you Corey, were you were you on monster uh looking for a recruiting role was your resume no. in that repository okay go ahead it was in the repository but i was looking for sales or financial planning to be honest right. um okay. And so I got a, I actually had two offers. I had one for this agency and one for a financial planning and, uh, or investment banker. And I basically said, all right, this job is going to be controlled by what other people think of me as in the investment banking one, like how much money I make for people who just all the stuff that goes along with that. Like, I don't need to go into it because I have a lot of friends that are that, but I have a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. Just like a lot of stuff goes with recruiting. But, um, from a recruiting standpoint, they were like, you have an uncapped commission. You get to make what you want. You could do what you want and help people. I was like, that sounds good. I'll do that. Yeah. And fell into it, just fell in love with it. And now here we are 10 years later. 10. <laughs> so 10 years later, it'll be 11 in March. So how much time did you spend uh, at the external agency before you went corporate? So I was there for six and a half years, um, almost seven and went to a startup after that that was actually one of my clients um just typically how most agency works is you go to one of the clients that you're helping already to help go hyper growth um it didn't work out like a lot of startups but ended up at spacex through a person i had met at a conference who's a great 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 talent person her name's leah may uh, she's up in la now um she's great and she hired me on a SpaceX, spent about a year there after about almost two years or a year and a half at, at the startup and then came through SpaceX for there for about 10, 11 months and then ended up here. And I got a phone call from a friend up in the Bay Area that had a mutual connection that just happens to be my boss now. 
So I feel I felt like uh, I feel like Lars Schmidt used to work for SpaceX. Am I right he, on that? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Dude, okay, so I was gonna ask <laughs> I mean, pre my time. Okay, I was gonna ask if paths crossed. All right, cool. So listen, if you are uh, hopping on Twitter wondering who we are having a conversation with, and you want to get. Uh, you know, visuals and you want to be able to follow the work that's being done over at Weed Maps, you can find Corey on Twitter at Corey Eustis. That's C-O-R-Y-E-U-S-T-I-C-E, Corey Eustis, all one word on Twitter. And he's fairly active. Uh, yeah, that's how we met, active. right? Say it again. That's how we met, right? <laughs> that's absolutely how we met. You know, tell yeah. people about that. What what, what was it about... Um, you know, me on Twitter that made you feel like we needed to connect. What was going on in your mind? Pretty sure that Aaron Wilson was our like mutual point. Okay. Connection. Oh yeah. And Shout so, out to Aaron. Yeah. Homie. Uh, so we, we had been chatting for a long time about DNI and a lot of different stuff. And he was like, yo, you should follow this guy named Torin. And I started looking at, and I started following you. And then I started liking what you said, started liking it. You, you threw out a couple of appreciation tweets and follow follow back and then we started talking and then we ended up at the same conference together got lunch shared some jambalaya yeah. if my memory serves me correct Absolutely. and some sweet tea yeah that place was amazing by that the way was the bomb super good uh some really good cornbread too um, hey and I you know what speaking of, boy. And, yeah. and speaking of speaking of you know the conference you remember that brown building that we walked by that crazy architect yeah architecture that we walked by yeah. So, so we won't even go into it on this pod, but needless to say, um, found out who actually owned that building and they actually had a bit of drama a couple of weeks ago. The owner of that particular architecture, it's a bomb building. I wish I had the name of it right now so that I could point people to it. Maybe I will put that, uh, in the show notes, but you're absolutely right. We did. We absolutely enjoyed lunch. We actually left the conference. We were at the greenhouse open event this past June up in New York city. I love Daniel Tate. Um, yeah, he's a great know, guy. Karen and the rest of the team, they just do an incredible job. They pulled together an incredible event, event, yep. long, long list of just talented and informative and energized, engaging speakers. Uh, you know, I just feel like it was really, really wonderful. But it was also wonderful to be able to spend some time with you after we had been, you know, popping back and forth via via Twitter. I want to go back to something that you said. You spent some time um, in external. You went inside of the startup. The startup, you know, it didn't work. Um, think about that now. You know, could you go back into that startup? I'm not saying what you did after that, but that particular one that was once your recruiting client that you went to work for, do you know enough now that you could have gone in and, and helped them to make a difference from from your perspective? Mm, I mean, I definitely would have done some things differently. Um, like what? Because, because, because what that suggests is that there was a possibility that the, the, the importance of building teams was there. Uh, it doesn't change the business model and, and what we would have wanted the founders to do and the CTO to do. I know there are a lot of moving parts, but from a, from a building high performing team perspective, are, are there some things that Corey knows today that would have helped him, you know, eight years or so ago? Absolutely. Uh, so first thing I would have definitely come in with a little bit smaller of a stick. Okay. Um, I came in knowing that their hiring process was pretty broken 
and knowing exactly how to fix it. When in reality, what I should have done is sat down and taken what I thought we should do, but talk to everybody and ask questions and ask, well, what's the pain points that you're finding? What do you want this company to look like? What do you want this hiring process to say about us as a company? Um, and then whether we got to the same place or got to a different place, it would have been a place together versus a place that was dictated by me. Yeah. Um, which always, I mean, fellowship is always way easier than everything else. It's like, it's, it's what's the old saying, like you get more bees with honey. Yeah. Um, like that's definitely true. And so would have 100% asked more questions. Um, we hired fast cause we needed to. And I think we, I think we still would have done the same thing, but I would have been, I would have been a little bit more deliberate about how we really rated people and how we set it up. Um, sometimes I felt like we hired people based on more how we got along versus how good they actually were. And I hadn't really understood yet how to set up a completely or pretty close to completely objective hiring process and, and being able to counteract bias and understanding what that really looks like. Um, understanding that bias is a biological thing that literally keeps us alive on a day-to-day basis, but unconscious bias is when you start connecting into things that just doesn't have anything to do with each other because society tells you, or you heard it or a TV show or whatever it be. Um, we've definitely done some different things about that. Um, and I think I just would have slowed down. I usually am a person that trusts my gut pretty, pretty quickly. And I've been, I've been going through some pretty deep mindfulness exercises to understand why I'm making those decisions and what they are, not whether they're the right or the wrong, just why I'm making them to make sure that I can either continue to do the same behavior or change it up to, to get a little bit better or just get rid of it all together. Cause it really isn't benefiting anybody except me. So when you, when you talk about coming in with a, a, a smaller stick, smaller swing, when you, when you acknowledge some of that, um, Judicial hiring, if you will, you know, bottom line is I liked an individual and I'm pulling, I'm pulling the lever on them because I, I, I like them more than, than what they're capable of. Uh, is, is that synonymous with bro culture? Were you a victim of that? You know, some days, some years, not days, but some years ago, were you a victim of bro culture or, or was it just the fact that the bias was there and you, you didn't acknowledge it or you ignored it? So I wouldn't say ignore Like, I think there's a combination. I think that one, yes, victim created bro culture. Absolutely. The other piece is that it was my first shot at the external or going internal. And I wanted to make it work. I really believed in the company. I still believe in the company. Um, I still believe in the people that we hire. I still look back and think we did some great things. But I think that sometimes I put my own prerogatives or how this would might make me look over other things, but at the same time of also just being like, when you have the title of head of talent in the room and everyone asks you a question, you have that imposter syndrome for a minute. And I even struggle with that today of like, I, I'm supposed to know the answer to X, Y, and Z because it's a talent-based yeah. question when yeah. I can just say, you know what, let me noodle on that for a second. Um, this is my first thought, but let me get some more to give actually succinct understanding of what we're actually talking about. So we can actually think about a solution to this problem or a path forward or whatever it be. It's not always the first to answer and it's not always the best answer, so to speak. Like sometimes it just does take a little deliberation and really understanding that 
you are not always the person with all the answers, even if it is your subject matter. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So talk about Weed Maps now. You know, we we've grown, you grown, you've you've had a number of experiences, uh, you know, at least a couple uh, that I know of. Uh, but yeah. let's focus on Weed Maps. You know, what is it for those that don't know? Tell us what Weed Maps is and does, uh, because I think that once they hear it, um, they, too, will find it interesting that the team is growing at the rate that they're growing right now. Yeah, so I just looked at the numbers today. We've had 200, we'll have 233 new people starting this year. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of people. Absolutely. So we are the largest and leading technology and software infrastructure provider in the entire campus industry. Um, we build a cloud based software solution that handles sale logistics and ordering solutions to enable customers to scale their cannabis businesses across the, across the globe. Um, pretty much anything and everything that has to do with cannabis, except for actually touching it. We don't touch the product in any way, shape or form. Um, we're closer to something like a soft, it was like a Salesforce versus an Amazon. Yeah. So we built some cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, all mobile enabled. We launched our order platform yesterday at 420. Um, started getting good traction. So things are super, super exciting right now. And we are growing pun intended like a weed. So yeah. You know what? And that, four, that 420 launch was uh, purposeful by design, correct? Of course it was. Just like yeah, we yeah, hit yeah. the gong, just like we hit the gong every day at 420 across the entire <laughs> building. So what, where, where'd the idea come from for WeMaps? You know, when you, when you think about the fact that uh, states are still going through and battling with legislation, when you think about, um, you know, where the federal government sits on this right now, you all have a really, really big head start on the amount of data that's been collected, uh, the ability to be able to predict where these organizations are going. As you stated a moment ago, uh, you're 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 the back end, back office to to a degree for companies all across the globe. But where did the idea come from? Yeah, so the idea came from a guy named Justin Hartfield, uh, who's our chairman, who's uh, chairman emeritus now. Um, he was at UCI and basically was like, what, what's UCI, to... Corey, what's UCI? Yo, UCI is the university of California, Irvine, which Got is it. actually one of the top schools in the country. Now, uh, okay. I think one of the top public schools, like in the entire country, maybe okay. even top. Um, so Justin, uh, basically was like, there's nowhere to understand what like dispensaries are starting to come around, medicinal cards, things like that. And it was like, there's no place to understand where to get your marijuana and what's good and what's not and different reviews. So we started out building like that much like a Yelp of weed. And then it slowly morphed into what it is today. So what is it today? You know, when you, when you think about um, being that back office and providing, you know, vendors all around the world with support, is there a part of the, the, the platform that they lean on the most? Is there an area where, uh, you all are capturing data and you're looking at it and you're saying, wow, this is really where folks need us to be. What, what does that R&D look like? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely looked at, I mean, our core platform is our most mature platform. So that's what you'd see if you go on to WeMaps.com or to our app or our mobile app. Um, which is basically, where do I find my cannabis? And it's not just for it's not just recreational, it's medicinal, there's CBD creams, there's all kinds of products now. Um, order deliveries, like I said earlier, 
and we have 11 years of consumer buying history of like how they look at where they go, why they look at the products that they do, how they look at the products that they do. So we have a lot of insights that we can help inform dispensaries and brands on and um, lots of places that we can still go and lots of things we can still do. So we right now, like we're really, like I said, the backbone and that back office of the entire cannabis industry. Um, something actually, I don't know if you, you saw the press release about it that I thought you might be interested in. We launched a weed map social equity program. Okay. Which is specific to bring inclusive minority participation in the cannabis industry. So, so yeah, so we launched a program uh, basically aimed at supporting entrepreneurs um, in minority groups to specifically help them obtain licenses, get professional development, and receive valuable compliance resources in our software at the end of the day to really support minority entrepreneurs um, and providing free advertising for their licensed businesses, which right now to get into the weed game, uh dispensaries it costs money and a lot of it and depending on the city you're in and the state you're in it could cost which hands you're trying to grease up the most yeah and so we were basically like yeah why are the people that if you look at historically you look at people that i mean i think the state of new york had a huge thing in it with the last governor's race but just minorities versus white people like in if you get if I got arrested and you got arrested in New York, it'd be a very different crime, right? And that's not okay. And that's not okay in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that it's treated differently from a social equity standpoint, it shouldn't be. And that's what it is right now. And so it'll just perpetuate the same problem that already exists in the housing community or the pay disparity bans or anything else that you can look at the hot button right now of social of social equity. It all rolls back to all the same stuff. And so what we can't keep doing is having the same problem persist. And right now, even though cannabis has been around for centuries, right now is a unique time in the history of the development of the cannabis industry itself. Is that if you look back, like, man, I wish I would have bought a house in Laguna Beach like 50 years ago. Well, this is that opportunity right now for these people. Yeah. So let me ask you then, uh, you know, when I when I listen to what you um, you mentioned there in the press release, I think about what Postmates did um, when they were having the ice raids and, you know, individual, oh, yeah. you know, and so they on their platform, they would actually provide, you know, here are some of the steps. These are things that you can do that are legal and well within your rights. And so. Um, when you think about that advocacy and that support that you uh, that WeMaps is trying to provide with underrepresented uh, minorities inside of these um, um, spaces, are you all doing policy work as well? Do you have a team that's addressing policy work? Uh, what are you doing there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a government relations team that's pretty essential and crucial to a lot of cannabis legislation that's been passed across the country. Um, I can't go into detail on all of it, but just know that like we definitely are there. We're fighting social equity programs right now, as far as incarcerations go. Um, we're working to reverse those things. Like these are all things that are in the back, and always like the way government relations work, it's all done in the shadows, unfortunately. But we're there. Like we are there. We are pushing it in the right direction, and we are there for the right reasons. Launched in two thousand and eight, Weed Maps really is um, driving the cannabis industry. 
they have their core weed maps, prop, weed maps product. They have a brands section. Uh, they have a menu section. And then, of course, they have uh, an area where you can get news and, and different information like Corey just alluded to there. I really brought you on in part because of the space that you're in. I don't think that it uh, it's talked about enough. I still think that it's one of those areas where some people feel like it's off limits. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, still, yeah, it's so true. You don't talk what, about it. Yeah, it's a, it's the thing at the party that you're like, if we're at a party together, and like you're like, yo, I want to talk about this thing, and then your friend's like, hey, you know what? I got some really good weed. Wait, you yeah. smoke? Yeah, what? What? Which is, which and then is, all of a sudden it's like, dude, I've been smoking for like decades. It's, it's like, incredible. oh, geez, it's all incredible. these things. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And so I, I really felt like you know it was mo- it was overdue that we had you on, and I'm glad that you decided to do it. But but another reason why I decided to have this conversation with you is because you care about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. You've already hinted to it twice in the conversation. Uh, I just actually moved by it because I wanted to save it for now. I wanted it to be, you know, a part of the last uh, aspect that we touched on. But why is it important to you? And, and and let that take you right into the eight mile concept that you you have with your recruiting team. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, look, point blank, diversity and inclusion is important because it, it's what it means to be human. Like As human beings, we are supposed to accept and be loving of one another, like full stop right there. The way that society has pushed down this and that, like across the world, like it's just, we got off track a long time ago, like a long time ago. And I know we don't have- Some would argue with you, Corey, that we've never been on track to be quite honest, but go ahead. Well, I would say it depends what you believe, right? Like if you go all the way back to the beginning of time and you believe in that, in that almighty Bible book, then I think we were on track for a little bit and then we follow man real quick. so I think that it comes from a place like it, it comes from one that you just need to be a great human always and lead with that. Um, when it's hard for me because I feel like I am a white male. I grew up with white privilege. I grew up in a middle income, middle America house. Um, I get it. Like I understand what those things are. And I think that a lot of times and we talked about this a lot over lunch is that people don't want to talk about it because they feel like they're not capable of doing it because I am white. So I shouldn't be talking about other people, but in reality, I'm the person that needs to be fighting the most for everything else or just as much, I should say than everybody else as everybody else, because we can help push where it needs to actually be pushed on and not be afraid to have those tough conversations and be okay to accept and have anger on us or frustration or guilt and all those things and understanding that they're there, but not letting them paralyze us to not do anything about it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. Talk about that eight mile, that eight mile concept that you all have. Yeah. So the eight mile thing comes from, um, I was, when I was at the agency side, we would talk about basically talking to hiring managers and talking to candidates specifically. And our, my boss would always say crystal ball. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I was like, are you Miss Cleo? And he's like, no. And I'm like, this reference does not work. And so we started using the reference eight mile, just like in the movie eight mile, Absolutely. where basically you said, just like B rabbit says, I'm going to tell you everything about me. I live in a trailer park with my mom, all these things. Now, what are you going to say about me? Mm-hmm. And so when we look at it from we map standpoint, we know we have our issues. We know we have our problems just like every other company. And so we say, look, here's all the things wrong with us. Here's the things that we're doing to fix it. Here's the things we know we still can't and aren't able to fix. And here's all the stuff that people are going to say about us. 
here's all the stuff that's true. We own every single piece of it. It's up to you on what you want to do with your with your career. Don't let other people influence it. And so, like, we understand that people are going to be influenced by their sphere of sphere of friends, family, and loved ones, or whatever it be. But at the same time, like, we want people that are willing to push and be in the uncomfortable and literally live in that uncomfortable space, which I think is a lot of the place of what we've talked about, like with DNI, like being comfortable in the uncomfortable helps push it to be more comfortable. Uh, I just use the same word a lot, but like, that's what you got to do. Like if you're doing things from the right place and understanding it's not always going to be done right, like there's a difference between impact and intent. And if you can understand those two things and understand that even if your intent's great, but your impact is incorrect, you can work to change the impact to make sure the, the intent sticks. And that's what's left people. Yeah. 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 I use the phrase, my dear, in uh, re- re- referring to uh, uh, a young a young lady at um, a well-known organization, Alphabet. And uh, oh, yeah. it didn't it didn't rest well with her. You know, she was offended. Mm. She was offended by that. And, you know, by all means, I meant it like I literally I literally, you know, meant it, you know, in a way that was um, respectful, endearing, professional, if you will. Uh, but it just didn't land the right way. And so naturally I had to make sure that I apologized and I had no problem apologizing whatsoever, which is uh, in, in part, you know, something that you referred to a moment ago, you know, we have to be uncomfortable with that uncomfort. We, we, we must be able to live in that. And, but, but in living in such, we are able to push to, to new heights, heights that we really had never seen before. I want to make sure that I understood what you and our listeners understood what you were saying. And, and, and for anyone who's kind of jumping in in the middle, Corey Eustace, head of TA with Weed Maps, you can find him at Corey Eustace on Twitter, E-U-S-T-I-C-E. You can find Weed Maps at Weed Maps, M-A-P-S dot com, Weed Maps dot com. So, Corey, the eight mile concept really is around transparency. And as a candidate, yep. if I'm dealing with one of your recruiters or hiring managers, what you're saying to me is that you will get in and share with them. If it's a technical interview, you'll talk about applications or part yeah. tech stack that are not just up to par or that are perhaps running too slow or, you know, missing, um, you know, some di- dynamic dynamic ism. I, I don't know the word for that. Uh, yeah. but you, but you will reveal that you will reveal to your business development, uh, candidate or your marketing candidate aspects that may cause them to pause. And have you all <clears> ever, you know, the, does feedback or does notes tell you all that that has worked against you in any, at any point in the past? I'm sure it's worked. I mean, nothing's ever done perfect, I would say. And so what we strive for is to be able to leave someone walks into the interview process of WeMaps, they leave it better, whether that means they leave it with a job or they leave it better knowing that they know how to get their next job. Um, I've been fortunate to not have to interview a lot, but when I do, it's still broken. Like people still ask you, I know exactly what they want to hear. They ask you the question of where are you going to be in five years or why this role and all that. Like, sure, those things matter to an extent, but the reality is just that's not the way that the world works anymore. People aren't at the same company for 10, 15, 20 years. I wish they were, but it's at a place where we are trying to give transparent feedback to make sure that people can get better. Because the one thing that I've always heard from every candidate I've ever spoken to, I hate companies that don't tell me why 
they just say, hey, we decided to go with another candidate or, hey, you're not a good fit. Thanks. Bye. It's like I just invested hours of my time that I could have had with my significant other, my kids, whatever it be. And now I'm in a place where I don't know actually what I did wrong. So I can't get better in the next interview. And it goes back to what I said earlier, like being comfortable with who you really are. Like there's a lot of people that are unfortunately not in that place yet, that they haven't come to grips with like, it's okay to not be perfect because nobody is right. And really being okay with that. And then looking at yourself from an objective standpoint to be better. Sometimes we do need a little like kick in the butt. Sometimes we do need to be told kind of what we're not good at. And what we're here to try to do is always giving that transparent feedback for both good and bad. Like when we hire people, we tell them the same stuff that they messed up on. Like, look, you messed up on these things. We're still hiring you, but here's what you need to work on when you come in. Um, because you're getting into a relationship and it needs to be transparent. You need to know what's going on. Now, have there been tough conversations where maybe a candidate's great, but they actually don't fit the, fit the team because they're not the nicest person to be around? Absolutely. And do we give them feedback? Absolutely. And is it super hard? 100%. Really hard. Uh, because it's, it's easy when it says, hey, you didn't do long division correctly, right? Because it's objective. But when it's like, hey, you actually showed some arrogance throughout the interview and a couple of our can a couple of our interviewers actually picked up on it. And here's the things that were said. And we always give a chance to talk about it and talk through it. And we will always also give second chances if we feel that it's necessary. I got two questions for you uh, before we close out. So share with me how the eight mile concept has helped uh, around the DNI effort initiative in the organization. How it's helped specifically with DNI is just that people understand that we are transparent. Like we're not, the best at DNI right now. Like cannabis is a lot like the tech industry. Like it's heavy male dominated right now. Um, we are doing a lot of things. I would not say everything we can yet um, to push that further down. And so what it has done is that we're transparent about it. We're not like, yeah, we're focused on this and this and this. Like, look, here's the things we're focused on. We're not good at these areas right now. Yeah, you're going to be the first person xyz on this team or this and the other like we do a good job of making sure that we're getting at least diversity on every single panel for our interviews what i do know is that we do a great job of from the people that i've talked to um i know i know there's some there's been some bad seeds that have since some they're not here anymore but they're but the vast majority um there's not a lot of people that i ask what's it like to be this at a at weed maps and they like i actually don't remember what it's like because i just think i'm at weed maps and that's what i want to hear like from but i want to hear that from everybody so until i can go ask somebody what's it like to be a woman at weed maps what's it like to be a person of color at weed maps what's it like to be whatever else that it's not you know what this is how it feels it's you know what i forgot that i'm even this at weed maps yeah. i just feel like another person like that's the goal and we're not there yet by any means whatsoever and i think that's the transparency where it helps is that we're just honest about it like we're not perfect and we're trying to do all the things we are, um, but we're still going to mess up. But that's okay because we're, we know where it's coming from, from the right place. Sounds like it is. How would you close the conversation today? You know, as an organization, you're leading TA, you have some things uh, on the uh, vision board that you and leadership are working on. I'm excited to hear about them later in uh, 2020, but, but how would you close the conversation today? What piece of advice might you, might you offer up to our listeners, 
what suggestion might you offer up to our listeners? What consideration? You can pick anything that you want, but how would you like our listeners to remember your time here with us at Crazy and the King? Hmm. So I have three quick hitters, I would say. So one, we're in a unique industry and there's a lot of unique industries out there. You got to find what's good for you and what you care about the most, not what somebody else is going to care about, because that's all that matters. You only got one life to live, so you might as well live it doing what you want to do. Two is that if you're looking for a job, look for a job that you want to do and you'll be happy going to. I know that there's times where it's hard and you got to be desperate, your desperation for getting a position and you have to take what's on the plate. I, I totally get that part of it. But do your best to understand what's the important things to you. Um, my mom always told me, a lot of people say the grass is greener on the other side. But what I'll tell you, Corey, is that it's greener where you decide to water it. Mm. So if you want to focus on the things that matter to you, you should understand what those things are. So you know where to water. And then the third piece is if you're if you're a company out there and you're a TA person, you're hiring a bunch of people, focus on the person. Like at no point in the history of the world has a piece of paper been hired to do a job. Doesn't matter what school you went to, doesn't matter what company you work for. Does it help if you worked at certain places or gone to certain schools? Sure. Does it diminish that? Absolutely not. But that's not all of it. Like hire the person in front of you that you're gonna want to come to work with that takes stuff off your plate that makes you more excited to come to work that you can learn something from and that makes your company better. If you focus on those things, the rest works itself out. Crazy and the King, we try to do this thing each and every week because we are interested in making sure we usher you closer to uh, a new definition around diversity and inclusion. We want to be a part of that informational, that vocal, that audible diet that better prepares you to build high performing teams and show up in the workplace and really be the whole self that that organizations say that they want. Julie and I don't profess to know it all as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. But what we do profess to be are committed. We are authentic, genuine and absolutely committed. Corey uses with uh, Weed Maps. I absolutely appreciate you taking some time to be on on our podcast with us. And and I absolutely mean it when I say that I'm going to check in with you in 2020 uh, because I want to come back, you know, when you've hired another X hundred of individuals and you've put some new checks and balances and processes in place. And I want to be able to talk about that. So we thank you for being on the show. Good brother. I really do. I appreciate you for having me, Torn. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. So as I close, you know, no name drops this week, you know, we're going to do the show a little bit differently. Uh, I want to just kind of point your attention to workbetterday.com, workbetterday.com. It's an event here uh, in D.C. It's in their third year. I'm going to be the MC uh, for such. And we really, really want this to spread around the country, workbetterday.com. And, and if you're going to be in the Detroit area on next Tuesday, uh, what I would say to you is hit me up because I'm going to be in Detroit can't tell you where I'm going to be. It's a private event for a bomb ass company, but we are going to deliver some fire for some people uh, in the TA space, uh, about 300 individuals in the TA space. And then last but not least, I remind each and every one of you that I'm on Sirius XM channel 126, 1 p.m. each and every Sunday, Sirius XM channel 126, 
at 1 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm Ghost. Thanks for listening to Crazy and the King. I'm Julie Sowash with my co-host, Torin Ellis. Follow us on social media, but you can also now find Crazy and the King on Facebook at our website, crazyandtheking.com, or follow our hashtag like you have been. This episode was produced by me, Julie Sowash. Our music is by the amazing DJ Cells straight out of Baltimore. And if you like our podcast, please rate it and share it with a friend. See ya. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.